Welcome to Build with Hari Rao, a podcast by Get Ready Ministry. Let's receive today's word. Greetings, greetings. Welcome to our Saturday night broadcast. This is Build with Hari Rao. I am so glad you have taken time from your busy schedules to join us one more time to hear God's word. I am very very excited for this evening's teaching for this evening's conversation by the special grace of god we have been studying the end times trying to develop a christ centered eschatology a view of the end times i have tried my best in the last few weeks to bring little bit of light and illumination to this extremely complex often confusing subject Today I am extremely extremely stoked for the person that I have in our studio to have a conversation about the end times. It is my great joy and honor to welcome Pastor Priji to Build with Hari Rao. You are technically the first guest we have on our broadcast Pastor Priji. So I want to take this opportunity to welcome you to Thank our you. broadcast. Thank you so much. It is my honor to be here. I have been following all the Saturday night streams. If I miss the video, I check it out on Spotify. Thank you. And it is such a blessing. And I believe that uh, everything that you've been teaching in this season, it is preparing the church. It is equipping the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm thankful for everything that the Lord is using you for in this season. Thank you, Pastor Preji. You are so kind. If you guys didn't know, Pastor Preji is wears multiple hats depending on which day of the week he is he is of course the pastor of uh, the resident pastor of Bangalore Revival Center right here in the heart of Bangalore but he is also the director of Revive Nations India and the vice president of Revive Nations Global uh, pastor priji if you don't mind could you just give us a broad overview of what you do um, for revive nations and for brc So yeah like you mentioned I minister here in our church BRC where I preach every weekend we lead the mm-hmm. uh, community of Jesus lovers in our church here our heart is to desire and dream for revival wow. in this city and to believe that the same revival will overflow Amen. into other cities of Amen. this nation and other nations around the world and uh, we are also under the covering of revive nations yes where under the leadership of our father we uh, go to different nations wherever the lord sends us uh, and in these last two years we've seen how the lord has used the wow. media yeah. uh, to go to the length and the breadth of the entire world and reach some of the most unexpected nations right. some of the most unexpected people groups um, and the lord has been doing a mighty work it's amazing pastor priji yeah. um, please remind me is it six churches that you provide leadership to at this point in time yeah. both in india and in the continent of africa right africa yeah we have a couple of churches in mumbai one in delhi and then we have a couple of churches in nigeria mm-hmm. kenya and uganda wow so delhi bangalore mumbai uganda kenya and nigeria, and nigeria. Yeah. how how do if there are friends and uh, uh partners and viewers who are in these countries how can they visit one of these churches how can they find more information about uh, these revive nation churches 
So they are all uh, available on dreamingrevival.com. Excellent. That's where we put up all the addresses, service standings and details. But there are some churches which are not fully online yet. Mm. So if you just write to us, we would love to give you the details. Excellent. How to find them. Having said that, I am extremely excited for this evening's conversation about same end year. time. Same year. So yeah. I want to thank you one more time for making room for us. And uh, I know you have an extremely busy schedule, but I want to appreciate you taking time. And I pray that this will be a beneficial, eye-opening conversation for everybody that's tuning in. Absolutely. So, On that note, I have to just remind you, Prophet, that there was a season when whenever you and I would get a break from work, True. We would sit into the nights and talk about these things. You know, Absolutely. This is, I think in the year 2000. Absolutely. 9, 2010. <laughs> and, uh, wow, you know, this was the one thing that we used to talk about for an really hour, so. an hour and a half. And so those of you who don't know, at one point, Pastor Priji and I worked in the same campus, yeah. different companies, but same campuses. Yeah. So we would often uh, take breaks, at, take the breaks at the same time so we could discuss the word of the Lord and uh, pray together, uh, discuss what God is doing in each of our lives. Uh, good times, good yeah, times. Yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, well, Pastor Priji has played a big role in me evolving in my eschatology. So today is going to be a blessing, a gift to all of us. So can we dive in? Absolutely. Excellent. So let's start we have a lot of viewers and friends who are relatively new. Mm. Um, some of them are very new Christians, Pastor Priji. So I want all of us to journey together. Right. So I want to start with some foundational thoughts. Mm. Is that okay with you? For sure. Um, if you could describe to us, what is eschatology? Uh, in brief, eschatology is the study of the last days. Right. You know, what does the Bible say about the last days? And uh, there are many viewpoints lot of churches have believed differently and in different ways. Right. Uh, they've seen the same scripture in different ways over the history of the Christian church. Uh, so eschatology covers all of these different mm -hmm. viewpoints, different thought processes. And uh, uh, it's, it, it really helps us to understand what is in God's heart uh, right. for the last days and how is the last days going to actually pan out. Right. Um, you know, sometimes we can get stuck up with yeah. details here and there and say, oh, this is not how it's supposed to be. This is how it's supposed to be. But I believe that eschatology is supposed to be a blessing to the church. Absolutely. It is not something that we should be afraid of or scared of. Or Very true. Keep it <laughs> off for the learned ones. I think that even the new believers, even yeah. the ones that are just beginning to walk with the Lord can actually go through some, some of these scriptures and prepare themselves and prepare their lives uh, to understand you know, this. One of the things I've heard um, often said, Pastor Priji, is that, you know, I, I love Jesus. Mm. I know Jesus. Why do I have to know about the end times? Why mm. do I have to spend time understanding? Why is an understanding of eschatology or the last things important? I think uh, the fact that you love Jesus mm -hmm. and Jesus emphasized so much on eschatology, right. like so much of his teachings is how to prepare for the last days, right. how to prepare for his coming, how to prepare ourselves and keep our hearts ready, our minds ready, our resources ready mm -hmm. for the last days. That's what most of his teachings is about. He's right. uh, helped and given us so much content in the New Testament about 
um, what we should do, what we should not do, how we should uh, do our relationships in the last days, yeah. how we should do ministry, how we should uh, be ready in terms of uh, our walk with God. Uh, so because Jesus says this is important, we should focus on it. Absolutely. It's not enough that we just say, okay, I know the basics. Mm -hmm. I know that Jesus is coming again and yeah. uh, that that will sort out everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's necessary that we go through the details sometime and just ask ourselves questions right. and find uh, answers. You know, In all of these questions that we ask, we will get revelations as to how to live in our days. The Bible says that they that know their God, in those days, they that know their God, they will do mighty exploits. Yeah. So a lack of knowledge of how God is working in our lives, mm. what God is doing, mm. can cause us to be weak believers. Absolutely. Can cause us to be believers that will not be able to do the exploits that God wants us to do. Yeah. And the Bible says in uh, in First Chronicles chapter twelve verse thirty two about the sons of Issachar, right? right? Right. They knew the signs of the times. Yeah. And because they knew the signs of the times, they knew the direction the nation was uh, going into. While there were so many other tribes of Israel that didn't really recognize David as the king of Israel. Absolutely. The, the tribe of Issachar, because they understood the signs, they understood uh, their eschatology, you know, exactly. their next king, who was supposed to be their king, how is it going to be yeah. established? Because they understood that they were able to steer the other tribes of Israel into that direction. Absolutely. Uh, something that uh, uh, that I have been teaching our people is that our view of the end times or our view of the future dictates our present behavior. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? If I have a skewed understanding of the future, my preparation is going to reflect that. My behavior in the present is going to reflect, reflect that, that. Isn't yeah. it? Absolutely. Uh, so that's one thing. But I also feel that, I also think because we are a prophetic company, mm. it is impossible for you to develop a close friendship with God and not have a view of, of the, the future. future. Absolutely. Right? Because if we study our Bibles, uh, scripture says that the Lord passed and God, God allowed Moses to see his back, mm, right? Mm, so in prophetic language, when God allowed Moses to see his back, he was giving them a view of history. Yeah. And hence Moses wrote the first five books. Yeah. And every time a prophet sees the face of God, they see the future. Future. The yeah. Daniel, John, mm. they all beheld the face of the Lord Jesus. Right. Right. So if you're going to see Jesus face to face, yeah. you're going to have some understanding about the future. Yeah, very right? much. Very much. So, so I want to, I want to, um, like I mentioned earlier, I want all of us to journey together. Mm. So let's say there's somebody watching today mm. who's new to the Lord, mm. who is probably just in the Lord a few months or a few years, uh, still finding his way about the foundational doctrines of the scriptures of the church. Where do you think we should start? I'll tell you where not to start. <laughs> uh, we we jump to the book of Revelation for all the answers. We, we try to, you know, go through the book of Revelation hoping that we will have an accurate understanding of eschatology. Right. Whereas I, I love the book of Revelation. It's rich, but it is also symbolic in nature. Right. So if you begin with the book of Revelation, you are going to be clueless. Yep. Um, so my uh, perspective would be you start with the Gospels. Excellent. In all the Gospels, if you read Matthew chapter 24, 
Luke chapter 17. Uh, in all of the Gospels, Jesus is given so much of teaching on eschatology, uh, so much of teaching on how it will be like, what will be the days around his coming look right. like, uh, how will people behave, mm -hmm. how will the governments be, what kind of natural disasters will be around, you know, in those days, and how will the universe around us react. Right. Every one of these things Jesus has spoken about in Matthew chapter 24, Luke chapter 17, and in many other places, Jesus would go on to explain how we should prepare ourselves, right? what we should know and what we should be aware of and how mm -hmm. we should avoid certain things and how we should pick up certain things. Mm -hmm. Now that will really be a solid foundation for you to begin with. And then you move on to the epistles. Right. Paul writes about it in Corinthians, in Thessalonians. Right. And, uh, Peter writes about it. Jude writes to about Timothy, it. Timothy, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then you go to Revelation. Now, when you reach the book of Revelation, you need to have a context of the right. remaining scripture because of course. the book of Revelation refers to a lot of things from the Old Testament. It refers to a lot of things in the writings of the uh, apostles mm -hmm. and in the gospels. Uh, so uh, if you are going to be studying the book of Revelation without a context, it is going to be very confusing or you may have a lot of misunderstandings or wrong conclusions. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so to understand end times, I must first learn how to interpret the scriptures well. Very much, very much. Because if I don't have a good understanding of how to interpret scripture and apply it to my life, mm. understanding of how context works and who the Jesus was speaking to or who the scriptures were speaking to, mm. then I'm going to come out with my own ideas, yeah. with my own takeaways and right. it's going to color. Yeah. Um, having said that, having said that, I grew up in an Assemblies of God church as most of people in India. So the assemblies of God theology doctrine is so heavy in my life. It's mm. it's 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 a bias, mm. you know. And I remember having so many long arguments with me uh, with you, and you were so gracious in helping me see differently. I don't think you were successful <laughs> back then. <laughs> so let me let me lead with this question: Is there just one view to the end times, or are there multiple views to the end times? There's definitely so many different views. You know, we can just Google about it and you'd find all the different right, views, right. depending on the denomination, depending on the theological uh, structure that you usually follow. Everybody believes differently. Even within the same denomination, yeah. there are people that believe uh, right. differently as well. Uh, and, th and the reason being that sometimes uh, different people view scripture from their own um, you know, perspectives, you know, right. they'll have a filter or they've been taught something. Yeah. Now, when I have been taught from my childhood days, for example, one of the things that I was taught is that um, it's a, a good thing if you're poor, you know, <laughs> that if you're, it's a spiritual thing to be, yes, uh, yes. you know, in lack. And then whenever I would read scripture and I would see any trouble, any tribulation, I would always equate that to poverty. Yeah. And I would say, oh, this is, this is what it means. Yeah. Uh, whereas that's not what the context meant, Absolutely. you know, because I've been taught that, because that's how I saw it. Everything that I read in scripture pointed towards that till I would uh, just keep my preconceived notions aside and study scripture with the context of it. Yeah. So is there, I mean, of course, there are so many different views, 
But there are there common themes in all of these major views of the end times? Definitely, there are many common themes. One would be that Jesus is coming back. Yes, thank God. <laughs> he, he is for sure coming back. Any true Christian, mm -hmm. any true believer in the Lord Jesus would for sure believe that Jesus is coming back in literal, physical, bodily form. Bodily form. Yeah. There are others that do believe that Jesus will come in a very spiritual form, in a revival in the whole world. Uh, it will manifest through the church. That's not Christian at all. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, when Jesus was being taken up, yeah. the angels told the people that were watching, the same Jesus that you see going up will come is going to come back in the same way, yeah. in the exact same way, in the physical bodily form. He's going to come back. Right. So those who don't believe that, they are not truly uh, believing scripture or believing the Bible. So, so that's the foundational truth. That has to be the that, foundational truth. So it's it's part of our core doctrine, mm. just like salvation by yeah. grace through faith, right? Yeah. Um, one of the cornerstone teachings of the church is that the Lord Jesus Christ will come back exactly the same Absolutely. way he was taken up. Absolutely. Another thing is that there is going to be a resurrection of the dead. Dead. Also, uh, please some, tell us you, what this is. Because <laughs> if you go to Hebrews chapter 6, you know, you would see the foundational uh, doctrines of the New Testament Hebrews church. Hebrews 6, right? Hebrews chapter 6, chapter, verse 1 onwards. It talks about the elementary teachings of right. the New Testament uh, church. And one of those elementary teachings is eternal judgments. Right. The, the, the eternal judgment that will happen as a result of being resurrected from the dead. Mm. Now, if you don't believe in the resurrection of the dead, there are a lot of uh, churches, uh, Christian ministries that don't talk about it, that don't even believe it. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, uh, a large part of the First Corinthians, the book of First Corinthians was written to a church like that, wow. telling them that if we don't be, if there is no resurrection, then our gospel is, uh, in, you know, not valid because uh, our gospel is centered on the resurrection of Jesus. Absolutely. And so if, if we don't believe in the resurrection of the dead, that at some point, everybody that has died including the ones that didn't die in Christ Jesus. Every one of them will be resurrected and consequently there will be a judgment. There will be an eternal judgment. And that, you know, following that there will be an eternal blessing or an eternal damnation. Yes. These are all foundational things, uh, common themes that everybody in all forms of eschatology have to believe in. Absolutely. If you don't believe these things, then, you know, you may actually be in a big trouble. True. The fact that Jesus is going to come back, the fact that there is going to be resurrection, right? the fact that there is going to be an eternal judgment. judgment. Yeah. One judgment that is going to cause uh, or determine your eternity. These three Absolutely. things have to be there. Doesn't matter which eschatology you believe in. Yeah. These three. So let's quickly summarize that. The, the physical bodily return of the Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ, yeah. the resurrection of the dead, mm. the um, this is for both, right? Is it just for those who have died in the Lord or is it for everybody? Everybody. Everybody. Okay. And finally, eternal judgment. Judgment. Yeah. So, so precious people, please pay attention to this. So important. Irrespective of what your eschatological views are, we must be aware of these three major points. Yeah. One, Christ will return. Absolutely. Just like he was taken up. Second, there will be a resurrection of the dead, mm. of the dead. And finally, eternal judgment. Yeah. One of the things I want 
your perspective on Pastor Kriji. You know, when we talk about the end times, there's so much of negativity, so mm. much of fear-mongering, mm. so much of uh, emphasis on the Antichrist, about the one world government, so to speak, or, or the, even the persecution, which I think they all deserve to have its own place. Mm -hmm. But I, of late, maybe in the last two years, um, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I've been trying to develop a Christ-central eschatology. Yeah. To share, I would like you to share your thoughts on these perhaps. Is it even fair to be so afraid of the end times? Absolutely not. And I think that it's the lack of truth that keeps us bound in fear. Yeah. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Come on. God has not given Come us a spirit on. of uh, being a skeptic about what's going to happen in the right. last days. God has given us a spirit of freedom, a spirit of liberty. A, a spirit that causes us to search out all the truth. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's the lack of truth that keeps us bound in fear. And the more that we study the scripture, the more that the truth of the scripture is revealed to us. Right. That has to bring freedom. Absolutely. It cannot put you in more fear. Because if, if Jesus is, if Jesus's purpose in his coming back is to make sure maximum people are left behind. Hmm. <laughs> or or uh, if, his, if his intention is that I will come in such a way that everybody's caught unprepared. Mm. So they are all left behind. They can all be judged. Then it defeats his the purpose. purpose of his first coming. Yeah. Which was to redeem. Right. Which was to save people. Yeah. Right. So I find that the two opposing, uh, if, if, if the purpose of the two comings are opposing, mm. it kind of self-defeats each other. Yeah. yeah. Right. I don't think Jesus is coming back to just bring judgment on us and to make sure that nobody makes it uh, outright. No, I think it is it is a happy news. Mm. It's a good news. Absolutely. In fact, if, the, if you read the last page of our Bible, it says the spirit and the bride say come. Yeah. If yeah. it's bad news, why will the church say come? Yeah. If it's if it's if it's so doom and gloom and terrible, why would the bride with the spirit of God say come, Lord Jesus? Yeah. So, so if let's say there are people who have been taught this way, mm. and that they are just so afraid mm. Mm. of the secret of of the we will get into. I was about to say rapture, but we'll get into that uh, of the coming of the Lord, that they don't enjoy it. Mm. What would you have to say to them? See, I'll say if you are a believer, then you have nothing to be scared of. Come on, so because, you can say uh, that again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because. One thing that we are so scared of is the, the wrath of God. And everybody says the wrath of God is going to be poured out. And uh, But a child of God doesn't have to fear the wrath of God. Come on. You know, Noah was not afraid of the rains. Yes. He was not afraid of the flood. Yeah. He was a man who walked with God. He knew what was coming. He was prepared for it. He was ready. He was, uh, you know, he had he had his things in place. He made sure the ark is ready. He made sure everybody who needs to get into the ark gets into the ark along with him. He wasn't scared of the flood that would come. Come on. In fact, it only helped him prepare better, Absolutely. focus better. Uh, and, you know, that's how we should respond to God's word. Absolutely. There are some scary things in God's word. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. We are not saying that, uh, you know, everything is going to be very light on your hearts. Uh, but... If you read it and if you take it as a believer, as somebody that trusts in the goodness of God, yes. somebody that knows that our master, he 
he loves us yeah. he loves everybody and he wants all of them to be saved and he wants all of them to come on experience uh, the love the grace that he has for each of yes. them then i think it becomes easy for us to uh, you know read these scriptures and let those truth uh, redeem us you know and and restore that joy in our heart and not Absolutely. to be scared of uh, See, reading the, this the first studies. century church pastor priji if i can interrupt you just for a moment had some very troubling times absolutely in yeah. fact all of the first 12 disciples were martyred yeah yeah all of them died some very horrible deaths yeah, yeah. at one point the persecution in jerusalem was so bad that uh, the christians had to flee cities can you yeah. imagine that right. they had to leave their businesses leave their homes sometimes children might have died and that, that doesn't sound very nice and comfortable yeah, yeah. i think it's important that we distinguish between what is persecution and what is actually judgment from god yeah, yeah. i think we kind of mix the mix two sometimes the yeah how, how how do we differentiate see when you talk about judgment from god yeah, in scripture let's go all the way into the book of revelation mm-hmm. even the book of revelation when we talk about the wrath of god being poured out on the earth and all the crazy things that's mm-hmm. going to happen on the earth you know you would find this one verse that keeps repeating in the book of revelation and it says that you know all of these things happened and still yeah. nobody repented yeah and still nobody changed their hearts yeah so i think that that is not judgment that when god is pouring out a particular seal or a particular mm-hmm. you know bowl or a particular uh, trumpet is being blown uh, that is not judgment mm-hmm. that is the lord making a way to wow. show of his glory on the earth wow. so that people will still repent and wow. turn to him we think that god is punishing them no that is not punishment punishment wow. is hell which come will on. come much much later come on that is where judgment happens that is where this uh, is your... an invitation for you to repent absolutely absolutely you see the power of god yeah. you see the strength the magnificence Yes it it causes destruction in some capacity yeah. but it is also giving you an opportunity to realize how big this big god is. is yes but whereas persecution is for the repented ones yes. is for the ones that have their faith their trust fully rooted in him yeah. and it is to them the bible says that Uh, without tribulation we don't yeah. enter into the kingdom of god without yeah, tribulation absolutely. because if you are a true servant of jesus you are going to have tribulations yeah, and you are going to have persecutions you're going to have people look down on you you're going to have people write nasty things about you absolutely. you're going to have people misunderstand you yeah. misquote you you know do all kinds of things all those who live godly lives in christ jesus will will because it doesn't say may <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it, it, to the degree that you and I we pursue godliness to the degree that we pursue God's absolutely voice God's truth on the earth we will be persecuted we absolutely. will be hurt. But that is not judgment. No. That is not judgment. Absolutely because the early church the first century church lived a very powerful life. Yeah. They saw incredible miracles, signs, wonders. The church was exploding. Mm. I mean each day there were added hundreds and hundreds were added each yeah. day. but in the midst of all of that glory some were being killed yeah some were being thrown out of their homes yeah some were had to even run away from their cities mm-hmm. isn't it um and i think before the coming of the lord we are not going to have a timid weak 
broken church. No, not the Lord Jesus is coming back for a powerful church, mm. a glorious church. Yeah. Persecuted, perhaps, but glorious, absolutely. For sure. For absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Ah, this is so rich. I hope you guys are enjoying this conversation as, as, as much as I am. Uh, but can we quickly change gears, Pastor Preji? Sure. If you can help us understand, give us a timeline um, of what the end times entails. Like, you know, scripture says, in the, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. Mm. And if my recollection, um, if my interpretation is accurate, that would be roughly 2000 years ago mm. when the spirit of the Lord fell upon the church for yeah. the first time. Yeah. Will that be an accurate measurement of the beginning of the last days? For sure, for sure. Because Apostle Peter, who was filled in the Holy Spirit, interpreted that day as the beginning of the end days. He yes. said, these are the days that Joel spoke about. Wow. Uh, wow. But the following lines of that prophecy that Peter didn't necessarily, you know, see the fulfillment of was that, you know, there is going to be signs in the heavens and on the, and that, you know, the mm -hmm. sun and the moon, they will begin acting up. All of those things are eventually going to happen. Wow. You would see that in the book of Matthew. Uh, that Jesus would talk about it in detail that, you know, all of these things will happen. Now, uh, although end days began back then, uh, Jesus said, nobody knows the exact day or yeah. the hour of yeah. the of the coming. So you have to be prepared at all times. Right. Uh, he in fact said that if you are going to be prepared only because I am coming, then you're actually not ready. Yeah. He says that if a master uh, of the house tells the servant what time he's coming, yeah, and he comes and he's ready. That means he was actually not ready. Yeah. <laughs> but if the servant didn't know the hour. But he the, was ready all the time. Ready all the time. That wow. is true preparedness. That true. is the heart of a true servant. And that's the servant that gets rewarded. That's the servant that's, that gets promoted at the return of the master. So no, can we just pause there for a moment? You know, a lot of people get stuck on this. It's something really simple for me. Why are we talking about his return in such a way, like as though he's absent now? Mm -hmm. Isn't the spirit of the Lord already with us? Yeah. yeah. Which means I don't have to become more, um, how do I say this? It's not like when the Lord Jesus Christ comes bodily, suddenly my preparation has yeah. to go 200 times greater yeah. than what it is now. No, no. Yeah. If I'm sinning today, it's the same sin if I'm aware of later, if I'm praying at a certain degree today, I must be praying at a similar, which means that my preparation cannot be event-based. Absolutely. Yeah. My preparation must be driven by this, that I am constantly living every day before the Lord. With Jesus. Yeah. And, and the spirit of the Lord is always with me. Yeah. Yeah. So why is it that when we talk about the second coming of the Lord, there's an extra bit of preparedness or preparation <laughs> I, I think it's because we are not conscious of a personal relationship with right. Jesus in fact the bible talks about it in Matthew 25 where uh, five uh, virgins didn't have oil yeah whereas five had oil in their lamp yeah so this this the five that had oil in their lamp they were you know uh, packed and ready for the second coming all the time yeah <laughs> they were uh, not just, you know, keeping the oil for the dark times. You know, they were like, this is, this is what the lamp is supposed to be for. Yeah. I'll have my oil ready there yeah. all the time. Yeah. Where are the rest? They said, okay, when we know that he's coming, 
Yeah. Or when we hear a preacher or when somebody uses a prophetic word. Yeah. Or when there is something that is revealed, that time I will go to buy oil. Yeah. Then I will go repent. Then I will go pray. Then I will change my ways. And that turned out to be too late. Yeah. And in fact, those five were also virgins. Yeah. Which means they were also Christians. Yeah. They also had the lamp. They also had, you know, what we call a salvation experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were not ready at all times. They Absolutely. were not prepared at all, all times. They didn't have oil in their lamp all through the time. And that is because they didn't have a constant increasing walk with yeah. the Lord. It's, it's like this, you know, let's say my wife is in the studio here. Let's say my wife decides to go um, see her mother for a few days. Mm. It doesn't mean just because she's physically not with me and she's gone to a, my mother-in-law's place or her mom's house for a couple of days that suddenly there's no covenant. Yeah. There's no relation. Her physical absence does not give me permission to live a different life. Right, right. Like just because she's with me in the house, oh, now I can't do anything. Yeah. Now I can't behave like this. No, mm. it defeats the point of marriage, defeats yeah. the point of covenant True. that my behavior when she's not around me should be consistent as when, as she when would, she's with me. Yeah. Right? So I think that's an important idea when yeah. it comes to our walk with God, our preparation with Christ. Very much. Very much. Right? So you said when the Spirit of the Lord fell, that began, ago, the end that began the end times. End days, yeah. And it's been 2000 years. Yeah. Right? So what is the next event that mm. we must biblically prepare ourselves to or look forward to? See, uh, everybody interprets scripture differently, right? So different people would look at the wars and the rumors of wars that is going on and um, the division of the world um, as signs because that would probably tell you about somebody who would come and bring peace on the earth. Now, everybody looks at it differently. Correct. Somebody would say, no, it is the rapture that is the first event to take place yeah. now. Uh, another person would say it will be the uh, the peace treaty between Israel and uh, the, the whole the Middle East region. Yeah. That will be the first thing now. And all of it is based on scriptural interpretations from different perspectives. True. Uh, let me tell you the different formats that some people believe. Okay. The first group believes that every scripture, every prophecy in the scripture, all the eschatological uh, evidences in the scripture has already been fulfilled. Yes. That's called the preteristic view. Uh, they say that. Uh, so let's know, let's let's go let's go through that. This school of thought believes that all prophecies and prophetic utterances in the scripture have already been fulfilled. Yeah. Including the book of Revelation. Including that. So that's a legitimate way of thinking about eschatology. Yeah. So there's nothing really to look forward to in terms of doom and gloom. Yeah. Okay. So that's they, one. They, they say that this is the, the, the optimistic view to the end of times. You know, <laughs> that there is no, uh, no sadness waiting. Right. It's all the sadness that had to happen. Right. Everything that is written has already happened. And they would point to events that has happened in the past, which would look like, uh, you know, the some of the events that the Bible prophesies. Predominantly, about. Um, uh, Jesus' prophetic words about the, the temple. And temple and the desecration in the temple. Yes. All of that. 
um, and a lot of signs that would happen after that in the in the heavens. Right. They would mark down all of those things and they would say all of this already happened. Right. Now the issue with that is uh, some of the things, for example, the city of Jerusalem fell in AD 70. Yes. Whereas the book of Revelation was written in yeah. 90. Yeah. How can John write something in AD 90? Which has already been fulfilled. And he's saying this will happen in the days to come. Yeah. This is about the last days. Yeah. Uh, that you need to be prepared for this. You need to look forward to this. Right. Um, so that doesn't make sense yeah. if uh, John is prophesying it towards the future. So if you really believe the scripture to be the word of God, then you can't hold on to yeah. that particular view. Absolutely. And then there are uh, the others that uh, first believe that uh, there is going to be a rapture to trigger everything. Mm -hmm. And so, so just so everybody says, what is rapture, Pastor PJ? So rapture is uh, being caught up. That is the word that is used in the English Bible to be caught up, to be uh, snatched out of, you know, right. that's the translations, the root word meanings of the word rapture. Right. The word rapture may not be there in the scripture. But it is derived from those root word root meanings words. that's used in First Thessalonians. To be four. caught up. To be caught up or to be snatched okay. out of, you know. Uh, and uh, we believe that uh, the church will be caught up, will be taken out of. Mm -hmm. Now the question is, when will that happen? Right. So there is a group that believes that it will uh, be the first event to take place. That will be the first next big event to take place. Right where the rapture of the church will happen and the church will be taken off. Mm -hmm. And then for seven years, the Antichrist will rule on the earth. Okay. So that's the first one of the views is that the next big event in the church age, so to speak, or in the next big event in the world is the rapture of, rapture the, church, of the church, which is the secret coming of the Lord Jesus yeah. Christ to take the church away so the church can be preserved from the seven years of tribulation. tribulation that's going to be on the earth, yeah. which will include the appearance of the Antichrist. Yeah. And at the end of the seventh year, the Lord Jesus comes back with his shout, yeah. uh, with his church, um, and then rule for a thousand years, a millennial reign. Yeah. That's yeah. one view. That's one view. Okay. And then there is a different view that says um, Jesus will come in the middle mm -hmm. of the a seven year period. Right. The first thing to happen would be the uh, peace treaty. And then somewhere between that seven year period, uh, somewhere into the three and a half years um, before the great tribulation breaks up, because right. uh, the great tribulation is where all the wrath of God is going to be poured out and where all the uh, craziness will be unleashed on the earth. Mm -hmm. uh, so they say that just before the wrath of God is going to be poured out, the church will be raptured or the church will be taken off. Right. Uh, so we'll be here uh, when there is peace on the whole earth. We'll be here when the whole world comes together. We'll be here when there is a, a physical antichrist ruling the world. And then uh, somewhere into the three and a half year line, we will be caught up. That's that's called the mid-tribulation rapture. Right. Uh, the third viewpoint is those that believe in a post-trib rapture. And what they believe is that uh, there is no two separate comings of, coming the Lord. of the Lord. Uh, everything that scripture talks about that Jesus is going to come back, both the comings is one. Mm. They, be they believe there is no secret coming of the Lord Jesus and a public coming of the Lord Jesus. They, they say it is yeah, both being one. 
Now, from my personal study, you know, whatever I have read and whatever I have understood from scripture, I hold to that view because everywhere that no, I... No, wait, let's... <laughs> so you believe that there is no pre-tribulation rapture. Is that correct? That is correct. <laughs> and, and that is why we used to I, I argue can, for hours. I can already see some people picking up stones. <laughs> <laughs> so you you are of the opinion that the church will not be raptured away, mm. uh, but will go through the tribulation. Yeah. And then post the tribulation, we will be raptured and brought back to the earth with yeah. the Lord Jesus Christ, which will be the second coming. Yeah. So the rapture of the church and the second coming of the Lord is merged into one event. One event. Yeah. While most Pentecostal and Assemblies of God Church believe these are two distinct, two different events. Two yeah. Different events. yeah. Okay. Please help us understand why you believe the church will go through the tribulation. Okay. So let's, let's understand this from first a Jewish perspective. Okay, uh, the bride would always go out to meet the bridegroom. Okay, when the bridegroom is coming, mm -hmm. the bride would always go out to meet the bridegroom and then usher him into the town or the village okay. where she is getting married. The bridegroom will not come in without the bride. So it's a Jewish custom where the the bridal party will go, go out to the meet the, of the village, right? Out of the out village. Of the village uh, the the bridegroom will not enter into the village wow. all by himself. Wow. He is always brought in, welcomed in by the bridal party. That's why the ten virgins, they had to go out to meet wow. him wow. and be brought and bring the bridegroom into the town, you know, into the village or into the city. Uh, so I believe that the church being raptured is not so that we can enjoy heaven. Okay. It is so that we can meet the Lord in the air, welcome him onto the earth. This earth is given to you and I. Absolutely. Now, when we are raptured, we go up, we meet him in the air and we descend along with Jesus on right. the Mount of Olives. Now, that is from uh, the Jewish wedding perspective. The other things that the scripture talks about is um, the coming of the Lord is going to be public. It is going to be visible for everybody. Matthew 24 Luke chapter 17, uh, everywhere that there is conversations about rapture and about the coming of the Lord, there is no visible understanding or, uh, you know, perspective that says that it is going to be a secret coming. But, but what about the verses where the Lord Jesus himself says, no one knows the hour. Yeah. <laughs> so that is the big confusion that many people have. Right. Because they say, if you know the beginning of the end times, that is a seven-year period, mm. then you can accurately predict the last, the seven-year period. Now, the thing is, the beginning of the seven-year period is go going to be very difficult for us to understand. Mm. We think that it is a peace treaty between Antichrist and Israel, right? which is not exactly how it is going to happen. See, the, the first coming of Jesus, for example, there was dates mentioned. Yeah. It said that from the time Cyrus will give this decree yep. to the point that Jesus is going to be yep. assassinated yep. these many number of days. Yep. And yet they couldn't figure yep. it out. Yeah, absolutely. So I believe that as much as we have revelation of how much time, how many days, it's not going to be very easy to accurately understand the, the beginning of the seven year period. Mm. 
Uh, we see it in very earthly perspectives because that's our understanding that it will be a peace right. treaty between Antichrist and, right. and it's going to be very public. It's going to be, you know, something that everybody will know yeah. about. Uh, but I don't think that that's exactly how everything is going to happen. Right. Uh, history has always surprised us. You know, Absolutely. We've always expected one thing, but it's played out I, differently. I think Apostle Paul, who was the greatest of all of the apostles, according to me, said we see dimly yeah. through a reflection, right? Absolutely. We see dimly. Mm. And I think he possessed the greatest revelation of Christ. For sure. For right? Sure. And if he's telling that he's seeing dimly, yeah. and then we are reading what he wrote, mm. which was dimly written, yeah. and then we claim yeah. to know absolutely, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, see, another thing uh, that we should understand is that when Jesus says no one knows the day or the hour, He's not just talking about the coming of the Lord, right? He's talking about the day of the Lord. Yes. So the day of the Lord encompasses the entire seven year period, right? Where everything is going to be accelerated, where the one that is resisting the Antichrist is going to get out of the way and the Antichrist is going to be revealed onto the earth. The book of Thessalonians call him the man of lawlessness. He's going to manifest. He's going to be revealed. Mm -hmm. um, and that is called the day of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So it's not just talking about the, the day or the hour when Jesus will return. It's talking about the whole seven year period mm -hmm. that we don't know the day or the hour. Right. Right. You, I mean, so many things to keep our minds with, right? I hope you guys are all with us and you're not being confused. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so you are, you're of the opinion that there is, you're convinced from scripture that there is no pre-trib rapture yeah. or a mid-tribulation rapture. Yeah. There is a post-tribulation rapture, which you, you believe is very consistent with scripture because we will go meet the Lord midair, be transformed yeah. and usher him back to the earth. Yeah. Okay. And then what happens? And then begins the thousand year the millennial reign with Jesus, okay. the, the actual physical kingdom manifesting on the earth. What is the advantage of a post-trib rapture return view? perspective? See, I don't see uh, why we should not be prepared for the coming of the Lord before or after either. You right. know, we, we uh, like you said, we have to live like yeah. You know, he's going to come at any time. Right. But the advantage of uh, believing that, you know, Jesus is going to come after the post-trib rapture is one that we will be prepared to go through tribulation Absolutely. at all times. We will be ready. We will be preparing the church. We will be preparing one another. We would uh, make sure our resources are in place, mm -hmm. that we would not be surprised. We would be willing right. and ready to do exploits in the last days. Yeah. We will not be those ignorant Christians that will be caught off guard. So, so we the advantage is that we we don't have a form of escapism. Escapism, yeah. We don't have a form of uh, I don't have to worry for the next seven years. I don't care. I'm not going to be here. Let the Antichrist do his thing. Let the beast do his thing. Let the dragon do his thing. I'm I'm off, bro. Yeah. I'm at the marriage supper of the Lord. Yeah. And then we will come back uh, at the shout, right? Um, and I shared your views with that. I mean, do I love the idea of a pre-trip rapture? Absolutely. Mm. I, I would love to not go through any of those things. But when we study history or history of how God deals with his people, 
His way of dealing with people is not always to make sure that they have escaped from an environment, but to preserve them in the in trouble. the in the trouble. Yeah. In in the flood, yeah. Noah was preserved. In the fire, the three Hebrew boys were preserved. Yeah. In Egypt, Israel was preserved. preserved. Right. Yeah. So, also, if the tribulation is a form of would it would, would it be right for us to say is a form of judgment on the earth? So. I believe that you know this is what the Bible says will be uh, like. The whole creation is yearning right. for the return or the manifestation of the sons of God. So those seven years, there are going to be things that is going that is going to happen as a natural result of uh, the the whole world acting up. Of course, is there spiritual elements behind it? Is there angels orchestrating all of it? For sure. And then there are things that God would divinely do to break the backbone of the Babylonian system of the world. Mm. And you would see judgment being poured out on the lady in yes. Revelation chapter 17. Uh, and what we look at is the fact that there is going to be judgment and we think the whole world is going to be under that judgment. Right. I, I don't think so. so. I think that there are specific groups, there are specific uh, people groups that are going to be um, you know, judge. One of those people groups will be the ones that are going to take the mark of the beast, the Bible talks about. That they will be judged. They will be tortured for five long months. Now, if you and I are not among that, then we don't have to be worried. We don't have to be scared. So, let me ask you this. So, what is the purpose of the seven-year tribulation? I believe that it is so that, you know, God can manifest His glory on the earth and that people can see that He is truly the one true living God and that they can repent and they can change their way and they can turn back to the Lord. In fact, the greatest harvest on the earth is going to be during that seven year period. Wow. Uh, the Bible talks about how so many souls were standing before God yeah. because, uh, you know, they just fell in love with God and they just, you know, gave their lives to live for the Lord. Yeah. And even before Jesus would return, uh, on the earth, they were killed because of the name of Jesus and they were uh, taken to the presence of the Lord. It's very clearly mentioned in the book of yeah. Revelation. Also, I, I think it's a greater testimony to the church. Yeah. Right. If if you and I go through the same struggle, go through the same tribulation, go through the same pain. And yet one of us is saying, no, I will not give up on Jesus. Yeah. I will not deny the Lord Jesus yeah. Christ. I will not. It's okay even if you come after me. For sure. Prophet Hari, I have to add that, you know, we are not just believing post-trip because that's what we like. We are believing that because that's what scripture says. Right. There are scriptural reasons to believe that. Right. You know, the first Thessalonians chapter four, Paul would write about how Jesus is going to come to take the church away. Right. And then in second Thessalonians, he would write to the same church mm -hmm. and he would say that day is not going to come till the man of lawlessness is it's revealed. revealed. Yeah. It is not going to happen uh, till, you know, this person comes before us yes. and the desecration of uh, the temple happens or, you know, the desecration of the most holy place happens. And, and then he goes on to explain everything that needs to happen before the, the second coming. And then we study in the book of Revelation how uh, there is a first resurrection and a second resurrection. Second resurrection. The yes. first resurrection happens at the end of the seven year period. Now, if the Bible says at the coming of the Lord, the dead will rise up. Mm. And the first resurrection is supposed to happen at the end of the seven year period, according to 
book of revelation True. how can that be at the beginning you know we just get stuck up with one scripture and we take first thessalonians 4 out of context and we believe that we will be taken up but if you're talking really talking about resurrection we have to bring in the book of revelation because that's where we see that the first resurrection happens at the end of the seven year wow. period then it talks about the marriage feast of the lamb wow the the church talks about how the marriage feast of the we are being raptured for the marriage feast and then we come together that's not true in the book of revelation the marriage feast happens at the end of the seven year yeah. period so we've covered so much i want to ask you two questions and then maybe we can pray for a little bit um i also want to under, ask you will there be a literal antichrist mm-hmm. or is it is or is the antichrist a system or is the antichrist a way of living mm. a spirit or yeah. is it spiritual so it, the bible says the man of lawlessness will be revealed um i believe that he'll be a person because uh, you know jesus came in bodily form mm. and uh, the book of revelation you would see that there are three there are three personalities that will manifest on the earth in the last stage one is the serpent yep he is the one who was thrown down from heaven the great deceiver then is the uh, antichrist also also known as the beast in beast. the in the book of revelation he is the one who takes on human form physical form just like jesus took on physical form so he will be a human being that's born that's what i believe okay and the third is the prophet the false prophet the false prophet the false prophet if you read the book of revelation he would always point people back to the beast yeah. Yeah. very similar to how the holy, holy spirit, spirit would function would point people back to jesus yeah. the the false prophet would cause all the people on the earth at that time uh, to worship the beast to and the false prophet is also a human the false prophet uh you know there's no clear evidence of him being a human but okay. it, it's very clear that he is somebody that is going to do a lot of miracles mm-hmm. lot of signs and wonders it's not the antichrist who's going to do all of that wow. it is the false prophet who will do a lot of these miracles and he will cause people to worship the beast beast wow and so you see these three personalities so, on the earth at the, in the so last so the serpent the antichrist or the beast and the false prophet and the false prophet what does the serpent do in the in the last days or See, in the seven the years? serpent is not unleashed at the beginning of the seven year period okay. the serpent is released only in the last three and a half years okay um you you see the timeline in the book of revelation you see that the beast already has been on the earth and he's capturing power and at one point he gains prominence mm. but three and a half years into the seven uh, year seven year period the serpent is thrown down to the earth wow he is given full access full terror he can go crazy on the earth and that is the point so when we say serpent is this symbolic metaphorical language for another human being i believe this is lucifer i believe okay. this is the same guy who was thrown down from heaven and that that's described in uh, the book of revelation how this is the guy who uh deceived one third of the angels of heaven okay and so this is the guy who is going to be literally physically ruling the whole world for those three and a half years for the next three and a half years of the tribulation and there is a possibility he will look human and i i think that it will be more uh, the the everybody will be seeing the beast as the face of everything okay people will 
not necessarily see the false prophet and the uh, serpent as much, but these guys will be propelling the beast, just like Jesus is the um, one that the Father and the Holy Spirit, you know, projects in the front. Uh, it's so through this Jesus. Like a, this is the demonic trinity. Trinity. You know, the devil counterfeits everything in the kingdom of God. Wow. Everything that we do, he knows how to counterfeit it and use it for his own way. And, and that's what's going to happen in the last days. And these three things will function here on earth. And our, the reason I believe that the Antichrist will be in person is because uh, the beast is a counterfeit Jesus. Wow. He is going, just like Jesus came in the flesh to be our Messiah, the beast will come in the flesh and try to prove to be the Messiah. Mm. And many will worship him. Many will be deceived. Many Jews especially will actually believe. And what what do you think will be the modus operandi? Or how do you think he's going to function on the earth? See, I think that that's completely, uh, you know, because no, there's so much of we, talk about there is a one world government or he'll have like influence world over. Mm. Uh, and I know these are things that it's almost like shooting in the dark and hopefully something sticks, right? Mm. Uh, but I would like to hear your heart, Pastor Priji. See, if you read scripture, I think that there is going to be a great movement of people groups all over the world that is even going to oppose the Antichrist. Wow. Uh, you would see that they go into battle against the Antichrist in the Valley of Megiddo. So, so the whole, all the nations are not going to be deceived. Absolutely. All the nations are not going to come in covenant with the Antichrist. Not at all. Not at all. And see, these nations will, not necessarily are Christian. Yeah, they are not necessarily Christian because many of these nations, many of these people groups will survive because they wouldn't take the mark of the beast. They will survive and they will make it into the millennial rule of Jesus. Wow, wow. And Jesus will rule over them. See, you and I, we will have different bodies from them. True. We will have the glorified bodies. We will have bodies that don't die, don't wear and tear. But these guys, they will be dead. Do you know that during that the... That sounds good. You can eat and not grow fat. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That sounds good. <laughs> You know, during the millennial reign, the Bible says that when a young man dies, he will be 100 year old. Wow. Which means there will be death during that time. Yes. But our glorified bodies can't die. Yeah. Then who is it talking about? Wow. It's talking about those that didn't take the mark of the beast. Because wow. everybody that took the mark of the beast, they were assassinated at the second coming of Jesus. Mm. Then there was a huge group of people who multiplied and who were still present on the earth for the next thousand years. It's amazing. So this, this people group are the ones who will resist the Antichrist, who will go into battle against the Antichrist. Wow. So it's not like the whole world is going to be under his control. Right. He is definitely going to deceive a lot of people, right. but not everybody. Right. Not everybody. Um, from scripture, do you know if there is a geographical location from where he'll operate? Uh, so the Bible calls it Babylon. We have several reasons to believe why it will, it will be around the Mediterranean region. Okay. Um, but uh, we can't really say that this is the only way it will happen. The reason being that many a times uh, we have prophesied things like, let's talk about the first coming of Jesus. Yeah. Everybody uh, prophesied details and still they couldn't uh, figure out the guys who were around the time of, who were there around the time of Jesus' first mm -hmm. coming, they couldn't figure out. They couldn't figure out that this is Jesus. Everything was 
described in detail the the fact that he's going to be born in Bethlehem right. the fact that at his birth you know so many will be killed the fact that he will go into Egypt right. he will come back from Egypt he will grow in Galilee all these things were described in detail wow and still people didn't figure out still the most learned people didn't figure out wow. it was a peter who had no understanding of scriptures yeah <laughs> no revel no no human learning yeah. but had a revelation from the father who said this your is christ. christ wow you know so it definitely uh, is something that we have to catch in the spirit yes. it is not something that you know just book knowledge of uh, bible is going to give us yeah. uh finally and um Man, I hope you guys are enjoying this as much as I am, because I am thoroughly enjoying this, Pastor Prithvi. Thank you. Um, we should do this again. <laughs> <laughs> we should do this again. The there is a verse that says that that the lawlessness will not be revealed unless the resistor mm. is removed. Yeah. Now, many believe the church is the church resistor. Is the, yeah. uh, if the church is the resistor, and many people say that in the rapture. The, the church, church is taken. Yeah. How would you explain that? See, if you read that scripture, the the context of that scripture is that Paul is saying, uh, "This is how it will happen." You know, there is very clear evidence that First Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, chapter two, verse one onwards, it says, "This is how it will happen: mm -hmm. the gathering of the church and the coming of the Lord. This is how it will happen: that day will not come till He is revealed." And he's saying, he's telling the church, he's very clearly telling the church, this is the sign that you will see when he comes, he will do these things. If the church is the one that is being resisting and taking him, and the church is the one that is going to be taken away, then he's not going to tell the church that you need to be vigilant, you will see these yeah. signs. Uh, I believe that it is talking about uh, the, the fact that there is going to be a, a sovereign grace of God upon the earth, you know, that is... Uh, making sure everything doesn't go into chaos, that grace is going to be lifted for a short period. for a short period of time. It says in the book of Revelation that um, the authority will be given to him. Yes, you know that to rule, to reign, to capture. He is already here, but authority is not yet given. Yeah. Uh, so, so that grace, when it is lifted and the authority is given to him, the ability is given to him. That is when he will take over. That is when the spirit of lawlessness will also take so over. So, it, in many ways, it will be two kingdoms that are operating. One is the church, yeah. which is the kingdom of God. Yeah. And the other is the kingdom of lawlessness or the yeah. kingdom of the beast and the antichrist. Yeah. And then... On the surface, it may actually look like the kingdom of lawlessness is winning. Mm. On the surface, it will look like, you know, everybody is agreeing to him. Right. Everybody is bowing to him. Everybody is worshipping. Everybody is subscribing to his way of life. Right. Uh, it may look like the church is defeated. It may look like the church has gone underground. But right. The church will be the strongest at this point. Come on. The church will be the most beautiful, the most glorious, yeah. the most refined, the most pure at wow. this point. Because wow. I'm telling you, I'm none excited. Of the, none of the namesake believers will make it into that church. <laughs> uh, only those that truly believe what they, wow. you know, believe, and who, those that are sold out. Those that have been convicted by the Holy Spirit. Come on. They are the ones who will be in that Come church. On. And I think that that's what heaven is for. Heaven is not for namesake believers. Yeah. Heaven is not for people that have just prayed a prayer. Yeah. Heaven is for people who are serious about their relationship with God, who are, who've really encountered God here on earth. 
Yeah. And and those are the people that will actually who are willing stay, to die for the cause of Christ. Even to die, even to the point of death. death. Wow. And they will be the one who will be found in the church in those days. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that because I am convinced that I am I, I, I'm of the opinion that we will see two kinds of churches as we go closer and closer to the to coming the, of the Lord. Yeah. One is the counterfeit church. The other is the authentic bride of the Lord Jesus yeah. Christ. Just yeah. like the, the parable of weeds and tares yeah. and seeds, good seed and the bad seed. Yeah. And the sheep and the goats, for example, there will be two churches on the earth. Right. One it has the name Christian, yeah. Yeah. has the name church, but has no power, has no yeah. glory, has, has no, no love. Oil. Has no oil, like yeah. you said. And the other is going to be glorious. Yeah. Will stand as a true witness Absolutely. to the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you, Pastor Prithi, how how do we prepare mm. towards the end times? How do we prepare for the coming of the Lord? How do we prepare to be a part of this end time army of the Lord? You know, Jesus, after talking about all the signs of the coming in Matthew 24, he leads us into Matthew 25. Right. And he tells us three stories, three parables. One is the parable of the ten virgins. Yep. Five had oil, five didn't have oil. Then is the parable of the talents. Yeah. Uh, one was given five, one was given two, two. and one was given one. Uh, the five and the two guys, they multiplied the talents, whereas the one guy, he didn't mm. multiply it. Then he goes on to talk about the story of uh, those that went to love others and serve others. Yes. And, and he said that these guys, whatever they did to their neighbors, yeah. uh, one of the least of this, least, they, were they were doing, they, it, they for were doing it for me. Yeah. So, and then in all the three parables, it ends with half or more of them uh, being with the bridegroom or with their master and the other half being condemned. Yeah. And this is actually talking about the church, not the people of the world. You know, can I tell you something, Pastor Preji? This, this freaks me out, you know. Uh, this was at least 10, if not 12 years old. Actually, almost 12 years old. 2009, um, I had just heard from the Lord um, very audibly at least three times, get this generation ready to meet me. And I thought he was giving me a nice sermon, you know, mm. yeah, we're going to preach this. And a few days later, in a dream, um, I saw many visions of wars and um, death and all of that. And I hear an audible voice in my dream, very clear. He says, over 50% of my church is not ready for my coming. 50% yeah. of my, pe my people are not ready. And, and I woke up very disturbed. I was mm. like, this, this can't be true. Yeah. This, 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 this sounds too bad, right? And then I asked the Lord, can you please show to me from scripture? Mm. And that's when he began to show me how two will be working in the field and, and one, one will be taken. Yeah. And the other. And and it's always this 50%. Yeah. You know, the 50% of the sheep nations, 50% of the goat. I mean, we, we don't know if it was actually 50%, but you see the numbers: 10, five virgins, yeah. five unwise or foolish virgins. Why 50? Why why such a large number? I think because we love comfort. Mm. We love convenience. We we like to take it uh, one day at a time. We 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 are, we are not eternity minded. Wow. We we think that we have all the time in the world. Uh, we are not living in a way that you know any time, any day, any time he's going to come back. And and uh, we we we've taken our relationship with God for granted. We are not 
uh, you know, serious about our relationship with Come God. On. The Bible says that broad is the way that leads to death and narrow, narrow is the way that leads to life. So uh, many people, even in the church, we've chosen the broad way. Wow. We think that when we, when it's time, we can just quickly take a shortcut to the narrow way. Yeah. But uh, I think these are the days when we we pray like never before, we read our scriptures like never before, we grow in our understanding of who our Savior is like never before. These are the days when uh, we have to win souls like never before. Yes. We have to talk about this Jesus to others. Yes, uh, we have to, you know, not uh, outsource the job of preaching the gospel only to yeah the, to ones the evangelists. On the stage. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we have to be the evangelists. We have to be the active witnesses of Jesus out in the world. Absolutely. And uh, if we are not, you know, if what the, the stories in, in Matthew 25 says that the ones that didn't love their neighbors mm. or the ones that were not faithful to the talents that were given to him. Yeah. Or the ones that didn't prepare their oil, that yeah. didn't keep their oil ready. Yeah. That category, they it doesn't say that the master was just displeased with them and yeah. they lost their no. blessing. It says that they were put into eternal punishment yeah a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth we would think okay if i misused what god gave i just lose my reward isn't that scary that is scary that is scary because <laughs> many of us believe that once i have prayed a prayer you know i have eternal security that i have uh, nothing is going to change i can do what i want i can live, live the way i want yeah. Yeah. yeah and 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 stories like this parables like this that jesus told us to prepare us that should tell us that Hey, there is more to our walk with God than just praying a prayer, yeah. than just going to church on a Sunday morning. Yeah. It means that I have to let the Holy Spirit transform me and make me a completely different person and live a completely different life, even from Monday to Saturday, not just on a Sunday. Sunday that I really become serious about. So we must prepare, mm. we must multiply, mm. and we must be charitable. To our neighbors and to the least of these, yeah, and that will be our witness, yeah, to the nations of the earth, and it will be our attitude and our work toward the Lord. You know, Jesus. Somebody asked Jesus, "What is the most important right. uh, commandment of all?" And Jesus said, "You need to love the Lord your God yeah. uh, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you need to love your neighbor as you love yourself." So there are three things there: love God. Yeah, love your neighbor, love and you love yourself. And <laughs> true, because, because you can't love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. Love yourself. Yeah. So if you read those three parables in Matthew twenty-five, loving God is about you know having oil in your lamp. Yeah. Loving your neighbor is about being there and testifying about Jesus, serving them, and making sure that their needs are met, and that you be the hands and the feet of Absolutely. Jesus on the earth. Third is loving yourself would mean that you multiply what has been given, given to, you, to you. That you wow. don't go and hide that talent. You don't go and hide that time. Wow. You don't go and hide those resources. That you multiply those resources. You sow it in the right places and you multiply right. those resources. Right. Uh, and when you do these three things, you're actually obeying what Jesus said. Wow. Love God, love people and love yourself. Wow. And the, if we can do this well, wow. then we will be ready. We'll, Thank we'll, you. We'll be prepared. Thank you. This has been... Sometimes we complicate it by thinking, oh my God, I don't know the book of Revelation. <laughs> and I don't know all the details. I don't know if I'm ready. But this is very simple. 
Just love yeah. God. Love I, the people I say the most people. important parts of the Bible are very simple. Very simple. Absolutely. They're very clear, very explicit. Yeah. They don't need translation, interpretation. Yeah. You can read it once and very you understand much. it. You know, can I, can I ask you a fun question and we can close with this and we can pray together. Now, let's say I don't believe in pre-trib rapture and there is one. Will I miss it? Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. Because, uh, you know, it is... Because some people will Jesus be wondering, not, right? Yeah, for sure. Jesus is not rapturing the church based on our eschatological belief system. Belief system, yeah. The rapture of the church is for those that are prepared and are waiting for him. Yeah. So if you are prepared, if you love God, if you love Come on. your neighbors, if you love <laughs> yourself enough to invest your resources in the right yeah. place, then no matter when the rapture will happen, you're not going to miss it. Come on. That's uh, good news, people. Yeah. Uh, so just because, uh, you know, if let's say for whatever reason, if we get this wrong, yeah, it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, you're going to miss it, Jesus coming. You know, that is so powerful because God's love for us is greater than our interpretation of scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So our he, the way he cares for us and the way he loves us is beyond our limited understanding and interpretations of what he intends to convey. For sure. So for some reasons, if any of us have got it wrong, mm. but if our hearts are in the right place and we obey the Lord, what is very clear, mm. what is explicit, mm. I think he'll take care of what that which is not revealed. necessarily explicit or revealed for that matter. Yeah. I think that sometimes uh, the fact that it is not revealed to us, we use uh, those things to divide each other, divide against, uh, divide the church to, right. to be upset with somebody who doesn't believe the way right. you believe in. And there is no need for that. You know, True. you don't have to look down on somebody that believes in pre-trip rapture or you don't have to look down on somebody that yeah. believes in post-trip rapture. Um, your calling and my calling is to study scripture. And to preach the word of God, you yeah. know, at all times, to preach that Jesus is uh, the real deal and he's going to come back. He's the one who can save you from sins. He's the one who can redeem your past, give you a new future, give you eternity. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's the one who can transform your identity here on earth. Yeah. Uh, so that is our message. We have to preach this day and day, day in Absolutely. and day out. So uh, we should not use these things to divide the church. Uh, none of these things we are talking about so that you can go and pick a fight with your pastor or, or that you can pick a, you know, you can be upset with your brothers and sisters. I've, I've been on the receiving end of a lot of <laughs> negative of uh, emotions from our pastors you know, during my growing days. Um, when I read this and I, you know, started talking about this, a lot of people became very upset with me and they started, you know, uh, and so when I I decided that hey when when I meet somebody else who have a different opinion yeah. I'm not going to judge them I'm not going to look down on them uh, we all love Jesus we are all waiting for him to come the sooner the better Amen. we love the Lord and uh, this this should not be a reason for division this should Absolutely. be a reason for us to prepare ourselves even Absolutely. more uh, intentionally wow thank you Pastor Bridgie I. Most sincerely appreciate what you have brought to the table today. And thank you for the hours. Because to even talk about this, this may maybe have been a little over an hour's conversation. But I know that to speak this one hour, you have invested several hundred hours of study. Mm -hmm. And I want to appreciate that. And I want to thank you wholeheartedly for sharing from scripture about the second coming, about 
the views of eschatology. We all appreciate it. Would you take a moment to appreciate Pastor Preji for, you know, taking us deeper into this truth? Man of God, can I request you that you lead us in a word of prayer and minister to the people if, yeah. as the Lord leads you, please. Lord, we just want to thank you for this beautiful evening time. Lord, we welcome your beautiful, sweet presence into the homes and the hearts of each and every one of your dear children that are tuned in tonight. We bless them, Lord. We bless their understanding of scriptures. We bless their desire to grow in uh, the, the knowledge of the scriptures. We know that your word is the truth. And that your truth will set us free. That you will uh, liberate us from all kinds of bondages, from all kinds of challenges, from all kinds of struggles. And I pray that tonight's word uh, would do that for your dear children, Lord, yes, wherever Lord. they are, whichever area of their lives that they have been stuck up in. That tonight there will be a liberation in their hearts. Yes, tonight there will be a liberation in their minds. Tonight there will be a liberation over the chains that have shackled them in their hands or their feet. That tonight there will be a freedom that will enter their homes and a freedom that will enter their spirits. Lord, we pray that there will be an acceleration of God's grace upon your children. Yes. Lord, we pray that there will be divine understanding that will be released. Divine understanding that will cause them to study scriptures, that will cause them to interact with the presence yes. and the person of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Because it is the Holy Spirit that leads us into all truth. So I pray that this grace, this revelation will be given to your children tonight. That they will be able to study the scriptures like never before. Yes. That they will be able to grow in their relationship with the Holy Spirit like never before. And that as a result of it, they will be truth tellers. Yes. They will be witnesses of Jesus. Yes. That they will become evangelists. Yes. That they will become the prophets of the Lord upon the earth in these last days. That they will become the mouthpiece of God. I bless the dear children of God that are watching, that are tuned in, that are hungry for your presence and for your word, Lord. I pray that tonight onwards, there will be a tangible shift in their relationship with you. Tonight onwards, there will be a new realm, a new dimension of how they interact with you, how they grow in their understanding of who you are, Daddy. I pray that tonight there will be eyes that will be opened. There will be hearts that will be healed. There will be relationships that will be reconciled and restored. That tonight you would do a new thing in the hearts and the minds of your children. Yes, Lord. We give you the complete control over each and every one of our lives. Yes, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Preji. Thank you. Precious people, I want to thank you for tuning in and giving us your precious time. I know that you have been blessed by this evening's conversation. And if you have been blessed, I would want to encourage you to go visit Pastor Priji's website. It's pastorpriji.com. Yeah. Pastorpriji.com. He has several resources which are free. Um, I would encourage you to go visit him and subscribe to his podcast, listen to his YouTube channel, but also prayerfully consider standing with this man of God. Because when you sow into his life, 
You're sowing into the nations. It's a, it's a ministry that has roots in multiple nations. Thank you one more time, Pastor Bridget. Thank you, Prophet Hari. Thank it's you. such a joy to be here. I really respect uh, you and Prophet Christina and the way that the Lord has been using you in our generation. It's so beautiful. And we, as a church, we love you guys. Thank and, you. And we can't wait to see everything that the Lord will Thank do you. through you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. We should do this again. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> God bless you guys. I'll see you this Wednesday on Instagram at 8 p.m. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. Please consider sharing it. And for more information, log on to harirao.com.